Hey, everybody. Good morning. It's Sunday morning, and it is the eve of Martin Luther King Day. And today we're going to talk about freedom and what is the cost of freedom. Let freedom ring. On such an auspicious day, on the very eve of the day that the man who literally lost his life in the pursuit of freedom for his people, on this day, we're going to talk about let freedom ring. And it's, it's fortuitous because today is a Sunday, right? And typically on a Sunday, we talk about faith. And you might just be wondering, what does faith have to do with freedom? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> we're going to show you exactly how faith and your freedom are intertwined and how important it is for us to recognize the connection. And I know that I have an international audience. I am aware that there are people who view and listen to our podcast from all over the world. And I'm so grateful for your participation. For those of you who are on Periscope and those of you who join us through Twitter and through YouTube and other platforms, as well as for those of you who continue to support our podcast on the various podcast platforms on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Blog Talk Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. But I recognize that freedom is an issue, not just for us here in the United States, but for people all over the world. And freedom is intrinsic. We're all in pursuit of some sort of liberty, whether that liberty is actually being free with the chains popped off or the chains broken or whether that liberty has to do with the fact that we need to uh, be free from our mental chains. There are many people who are still bound to things from the past. There are many people who are still bound to after effects of drug overdose, drug abuse, right? People who are still after, still suffering from the effects of things that we have done in the past. Let's just be clear. We have not always been good to ourselves. We've not always been good to our bodies, have we? Now, many of us can actually say, Harriet, I haven't always been the best. I haven't always been the person who uh, who has been the best. But I want to I wanna encourage all of us this morning to say that we all have an opportunity to be the best. And this morning, we get that chance as we talk about let freedom reign, right? So today we're going to talk about freedom and what is the cost of freedom. And because it's Sunday morning, naturally we're invoking faith. It is part of what we do. Faith is an important part of my life, as I'm sure it is your life. Faith is what we believe, right? Faith is what we think. Everyone has faith. I, I'm always surprised when people associate faith with just one, with just one belief system. I'm like, you all have faith. Good morning. Hello, and this is someone reporting in from Port Huron. Hey, from Port Huron, Michigan, right up there in the thumb. So this is Michigan, right? This is Michigan. This is how Michigan looks on the map. We look like a mitten, like literally like a handprint, <laughs> right? So a hand clap to you. And this is Port Huron right here. So hey, thank you for joining us. How is it out there, by the way? Are you guys like completely frozen over like? You know, we have it down here, right? <laughs> right? So winter has arrived in the Midwest, and it certainly is here in Michigan. I'm kind of happy, though, because I like the change of the seasons. God bless you, too. Right? It's cold and snowy. Oh, say, oh. <laughs> but it, it, I'm smiling, though. <laughs> I kind of like it. Seriously? I think I like it. I like the seasons. I, I found that when in December... When it was warm, I was like, I don't think I like this at all. I wanted to feel the cold and the snow, and I miss the snow. I would literally look up in the sky like, is it going to snow? Is it going to snow? Is it going to snow? <laughs> I just want to see that. No, it's snowing, and this is me. Oh, oh. <laughs> bring out the boots <laughs> and all that stuff, right? You dislike the cold. I don't know. You're in the wrong place, definitely. So today we're going to talk about Luke 4 and 18. So if this is your first time joining my podcast, let me tell you a little bit about what we do. My podcast is called Down to Earth. Now, you can find me anywhere on Google. If you were to perhaps be curious 
or be interested in what we talk about, you can find me anywhere on Google. Additionally, there are other places that you can find me. You can go to my own website at www.harrietcamux.com. You'll find a variety of what of products. We sell books. I also we sell my speaking abilities. So we come out to speak. And the topics we generally speak on are the intersection of humanity and divinity, right? The intersection of human trafficking and immigration, right? Because today it's all about intersectionalities, isn't it? It's all about where you are and where a, a policy comes to your life. I call that we have, there's an intersection created. So wherever there are intersectionalities, you'll find me, you'll find my voice as I bring awareness and attention to the issues that matter, right? Thank you so much. So go to my website, HarrietKamek.com. You can also find me on Google. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and on Periscope. So if this is your first time, please click like on Facebook and please click, <laughs> please like us and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Your support helps us to keep this podcast on the air. You can also go to my podcast page, my lead podcast page on Anchor FM. That's my anchor, right? And you can click on support this podcast. Supporting this podcast will cost you 99 cents per month, as little as 99 cents per month. It helps us to do the projects that we do. I'm also the executive director of the Exodus Foundation. I'm the founder. What it means is that we help to to help people, help people who are human trafficking victims. So thank you so very much. I do appreciate your support. In the meantime, whilst we're doing that, let's focus in today on what we're going to talk about. I have a message and I have a variety of subjects that we talk about. But in the meantime, we are focusing today on freedom and let freedom ring. I find that freedom is important just for me as much as it is for you. There are a lot of folks who join us from other parts of the world. There are people who are calling us and there are people who listen to us. And wherever you are, freedom means as much to you as it does to me. Your freedom, your personal liberty, your personal choice to do and to act and to believe in a chosen methodology and a chosen way of belief system is you're exercising your freedom. And so today, I want us to talk about let freedom ring, and I'm using the context of a scripture to put some some weight to this. I, I want you to see that this is what the scriptures say. Initially, I thought of uh, the word, let the cap set the captive free. Anybody ever heard of that? Anybody ever heard? And I found that there is a direct correlation between what we think and what we believe. So let's go to the scripture and it's Luke 4 and 18. And I'm going to read it in your hearing so that you can hear what the Bible has to say. The Bible is the authority on which we base the scripture. The Bible is the authority on which we base the concept of what freedom means. And it says very clearly in Luke 4 and 18, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. That's key. Now, the New King James Version online is probably going to sound a little different from what it says in a Bible that was printed way before 2000, right? And it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the, to the captives, Mm-mm-mm-mm. and recovery of sight to the blind. Listen to this. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I want to read it to you. The NIV says it like this to set at liberty those who are oppressed. The New King James Version online says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. But listen to this. It says, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Today, I just want to tell you all, let freedom ring. Let people be free. Just let freedom ring. So often in our culture, what we see as we look around the world, not just here in our own country, but as we look around the world, what we see is an attempt to make people feel oppressed. It's an attempt to control people. 
everybody is aware that there has to be public policy. Law and order has to be maintained. And in maintaining law and order, law and order there are a body of rules and a set of principles that guide us. There are a set of laws that govern us. There are systems that are put in place to make sure that anybody who feels like they want to do more or do less, they are controlled. That's called the government. The scriptures even say, Jesus even reminded the people, give unto Caesar what is due to Caesar. That means the body and the authority that you find yourself under, submit to that. If you are to, to pay your taxes, pay your taxes. If you need a driver's license to drive on the street, then get a driver's license to drive on the street. Do you see what I'm saying? Don't drink and drive. Don't break the law. That's what Jesus meant by that within the context of what he's saying. But when he goes further into the scriptures to say to set at liberty, notice it says those who are oppressed. So then the scriptures are telling us that there is a difference between being oppressed and being controlled by a societal body of law. It's important to know that difference because most people tend to believe and most people want to think that they're free. Have you ever met those people? They think they can live above the law. They think they can just randomly do whatever they want to do. We see examples of that all the time. Recently in our Metro Detroit area, a man went to test drive a Tesla and he drove the car at 130 miles per hour longer than he should have taken the car for a test drive. So when the dealership reported him and called the police, he took the police on a wild goose chase. He drove around and around. Finally, when they caught him and were apprehended him, he's a white man. I have to say that because if it were a black man, he wouldn't live to tell the story. That's just how it is, right? And when he, they finally apprehended him, there he is sitting in the back of the police vehicle, and he's threatening to kill the police officer. That's a, the body of laws having an intersection with his life, right? That when you sign to test drive the car, they give you specific limits. That's the law. That's their law. If you break that law, it does say they will come and get a car. It does say they will send the car, right? And so when you look at that, in his attempt to think that he was free to do whatever he wanted to do, he had an encounter with the societal body of laws that governed him. Now he has lost his freedom because now he is locked up behind bars. And it continues for him because he threatened a police officer. So now he has added more to what would have been a simple situation. It's important to know the distinction because in a lot of cases and in other parts of the world, people are fighting for their freedom. People are fighting to be free. But you've got to understand, what are you fighting to be free from? What is it? Is, is it the, do you find that you are oppressed? Or are you fighting to be free of a societal body of laws? You've got to make the distinction because oppression is one thing. And an encounter with freedom and the law is an entirely different thing. For instance, there are some people in other parts of the world. I have a friend in Nigeria who is a bishop. No, they, are no, they consider themselves no longer a Christian country because they're now being governed by a guy who is a Muslim. When the Muslim took over the running of the country, a Muslim-led government, took over the running of the country. Christians suddenly found that they were being persecuted. Christians were beheaded in the streets. It doesn't get reported. You won't find it much on international media, but if you were to do a search on Facebook, you will find horrific images and very graphic images of Christians being persecuted in Nigeria. That is called oppression because that is an oppressive system of laws that comes in to ask people who had already previously existed under a different system. All over the world, we see dictators all the time assuming control of a government. And in taking over a government, suddenly they impose their own set of laws that oppress people. But the Bible says, Jesus said, I've come to set the captive free. In the day and time that Jesus lived, the people were under Roman control. The people were under an oppressive system of government. You've got to understand, when you read the scriptures, we need to employ our own reasoning and we need to put it into context. 
And when you put it into context, it makes more sense. It just doesn't sound like some people say, well, the Bible is just a group of, uh, you know, a group of words, and it's just a group of people, and it's just some words. But let's put it into context. In the day and time Jesus lived, the people were under an oppressive system of government. And under that governmental oppression, when Jesus declared, set the captive free, the people who were already in prison thought, Jesus meant, I'm going to come break the chains off so you can go free. No, Jesus didn't mean that. Because if that were the case, then he would be lawless. So what the authorities did, they interpreted what Jesus said as meaning that he was going to come and anyone who broke their law, the societal body of law, he was going to set them free. Jesus was saying, I want you to be free in your mind. If you are free in your mind, then no chains can hold you because you're free to think. How does anyone know what you're thinking? How would anyone know what you're thinking if you don't tell them? So Jesus was saying, be free in your mind. If you are free in your mind, then therefore, if you can think freely and if you can think about what you want and be free to think and free to subscribe to a body of belief system, then therefore, chains really can't hold you down. He was speaking directly to the oppressed people at the time who were under an oppressive, repressive form of government. The people could not do anything but what the government said. The government control, if they move from A to B, it's what we would call today a curfew, right? They couldn't go from A to B. They had checkpoints that everywhere here in the United States, we don't live with checkpoints. We're free to drive anywhere we want to be. I live in Michigan. If I want to go to Florida, I just get in a car and drive to Florida if I want to. If I feel like flying, I get on a plane and I fly. If I want to go to Hawaii, which is way off the Pacific coast of California, I still get on a plane and fly to Hawaii because we don't have checkpoints. We're not under an oppressive system of government. We're not under a government that says you must think this way, and if you don't think this way, then I'm going to rob you of your freedom. That is the system under which Jesus spoke. But it's a message that somehow has connected with us through time. Because through time, what we have found is that that same message resonates all the way through to the present time. And this is why people refer to the Bible as the living word. It is the living word. It is the word that transforms your life. Because here's the thing. If you can transform your way of thinking, you have transformed your life. Maybe somebody is listening to this podcast today, and they're sitting in a jail cell. And what has brought them to the jail cell is an encounter with societal governmental laws and their own practices and their own behaviors. And now they're paying the price because they have lost their freedom. But even while you're sitting in the jail cell, you can still think that you're freeing your mind. Listen, the mind is a powerful thing. If you don't think you're free in your mind, how are you going to act when you come outside and be free? You have to think your way through it. And that was the connection that Jesus was saying. If your mind is oppressed, what is oppression? If you're under a formal system of control that dictates how you think, you're not a free person. I can attest to that. Because even though I live in a, lived in a free country, I was still being oppressed. I was married to someone who believed that I should not have freedom as an individual. He felt that he was my government. He felt that he should determine where I walked, how I talked, where I went, and how I went about my life. He even just wanted to determine what I think about myself. It wasn't enough for me to think that I'm a person and that I have high self-esteem. No, he wanted me to believe and to do what he wanted me to do. There's a very distinct difference that was not going to fly, having been born into a free society where I'm accustomed to thinking freely in my own mind. Of course, there was going to be an encounter. Of course, the encounters happened, and he lost, and I won eventually. It took a while, but I eventually won. So I'm intimate with how people can be oppressive. There are all sorts of oppressors around us. There are oppressors at work, people who think that they take on the law and order of the, co- the company, and they're going to interpret how that interacts and intersects with your life. So you are a parent. At the end of the day, you have to make sure at 3 o'clock, every parent is familiar with between 2.30 and 4 o'clock. Every parent is glued to their phone to make sure the kids get off the school bus, right? 
to make sure they get home. If they have to get to Latchkey, they're picked up to be taken to Latchkey. If they're picked up, if they're going to walk from the school bus where the bus drops them off to home, this is a time where everybody is glued to their phones, but you have an oppressive boss who is walking up and down the cubicles, just walking up and down the aisles of the cubicles to see which one is on the phone. That person is an oppressor. What are they doing? They're using the company's uh, uh, policy that says you must be productive while you're employed, while you're on the job, while you're clocked in. You must be productive. So spending time on the phone is not being productive. They're just, they've just misinterpreted the law. There are people in every situation like that. There are people who constantly take from us the freedoms that have been given to us even by the society. The society says you can do this, but it is subject. You find that it is subject to the interpretation of someone else. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying, right? But in a lot of cases, I have found that people sometimes, the middleman, the person between you and the society, the person between you and your job and your boss, the person between you, like my ex-husband, he was the in, he developed a role in which he found himself that he suddenly became my intersector between the laws of the society and me. So he was going to interpret the laws of the society to try to apply to me. But I'm here to tell you there is a scripture that says he has come to set the oppressed free. And when I read that scripture, I determined that no longer will I live under an oppressive system. And that is what I want us to gather today. Tomorrow is the eve. Tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day, celebrated in the United States for the last 25 years and more. For Martin Luther King, the man who gave the ultimate price, the man who paid the price for us to record a day in which he stood in the, at the Washington Monument in the mall at Washington and declared, I have a dream, that I have a dream speech was first uh, uh, spoken in Detroit, Michigan, and then he took it to a national stage. In that speech, he declared very clearly his dream of America where black and white would hold hands together, where black children and white children would go to school together and it wouldn't be a problem. I have a dream was monumental and it set the captives free. And because it set the captives free, it upset the whole interpretation of governmental laws. All of a sudden, people were dithering and running to and fro to control how that law was going to be interpreted, how it was going to be executed. People suddenly said, no, I'm not comfortable with everybody being free. I'm suddenly not comfortable with you thinking you're free. So people started acting out. You're going to find that as you declare that I'm a free person, I'm free to come and go. I'm following the laws of the government. I'm following the laws of the society. But as for you, I'm following the laws of the company. But as for you, I'm not following your laws. The minute you start saying that, you find that people suddenly have a problem. But I'm here to declare to you, let freedom reign. I want you to understand that you, the Bible has commanded you. God has given you. Jesus Christ himself paid the price. When he declared that he has come to set the oppressed free under the day and time in which he lived, it was severely oppressive. Jesus himself wasn't even supposed to be free because he was poor. And when you're poor, you don't have options, right? That's why they control people, right? So he didn't have many options. But here is this man whom the crowds were following because he preached a message that was empowering and liberating to the people. They had to find ways to control him. And in controlling that, they tried to control him so that they could continue to oppress the people. But in spite of that, Jesus still persisted right through to the end. And in the end, he gave his life so that you and I can sit here today and say, you know something? I'm free in my mind. You might be married to someone right now and you're listening to this and your life is defined by that marriage. Your life is defined by what your abusive spouse is telling you to do. You might find that tomorrow you have to go to work, but inside of you, there are knots in your stomach because you work under an oppressive regime. I'm here to encourage you that you are free. You are free. You do have choices to make. So many times we narrow ourselves and tell ourselves that we have to do this. It was the same thing with me. Somehow I bought into the ideology that my ex-husband was executing that the only way that I could live was with him. The only way that I could live a life was with him. And because I allowed myself to be chained to that belief, I found that it didn't really work for me. I found that I was oppressed. 
I found that I didn't, couldn't exercise my liberty. And I had to ask myself, how did I get here? How I got there was by how I thought. I believed that I had to be there. I believed that this was the only way of life. Even when it became apparent before me that it was not working, that it couldn't work and it was not going to work, not with him, it wasn't going to work. I still allowed myself to think that. Do you see where I'm coming from? You got to understand and put this into context, right? Where you are, you might be under a governmental system that really you can't do anything about. But you have to think about yourself, the individual. What are the ramifications for me in the system? What, what is it that I can do right here? And the one thing you can do is change the way that you think. It's transformative. When Martin Luther King dared to stand up, he and others like him. You might have a Martin Luther King in your country. You might have a Martin Luther King in your city. They might just be there declaring this message that let freedom ring. Let the people be free. People want to be free. Let them be free to think what they want to think. Let them be free in their minds. You've got to have freedom in your mind. Let freedom ring. So many times we want to control people, even when we are in relationships. We want to control how people think. We think that they must abide by what we say. It's amazing to me how as human beings, we just love the word, the C word, control. We just love to control people for some reason. Some people, when they become leaders, they're all about control. You just need to give them an inch and they take a whole mile of walking it all over your life. You give people one chance and they want to control. Some of us have friends who are controlling. You, you can't be a friend to someone else. You can't talk to someone else. You can't be with anyone else. They call you and text you to find out where you are. They're controlling. What's up with that? Let freedom ring. Be free. Let freedom ring. Some of us are controlled by even our boss. I heard a man tell a story one time of how he was his wife. They're in bed. It's 10 o'clock at night. And his wife gets a text message from her boss that the next day she needs to prepare his travel itinerary at 10 o'clock at night. And then he followed up with a phone call at 10 o'clock at night. The next day he sent an email to that man. If you continue to do this, you're sexually harassing my wife because 10 o'clock is not working hours. He sets his wife free. If you have the option, set yourself free. That is your message. Let freedom reign. If you believe that you're under some sort of system, whether it's your husband, whether it's your boss, and you feel oppressed, let freedom reign. Set yourself free. I, I was explaining, let me, let me just put this into my own story. I'm going to slip myself into the midst of this because the only way sometimes for us to understand the ramifications is to see the big picture. Years ago, I was married. When I was married, I lived a totally different lifestyle. I had what I needed and some. We lived in a nice house, what I consider a nice house, what you would consider an extra nice house, in a, in a, in a, in a nice part of town. We lived behind a gated community. We had a pool in our backyard. But I was living under an oppressive system. I thought that that was all that life could be and that was everything. That life was, I even accepted it. Right? But in order to be free, freedom was going to cost me something. You know what freedom was going to cost me? I had to say goodbye to that way of life. I had to say goodbye to having bills paid. I'm now going to have to learn to walk it out by faith myself. I'm now going to have to learn to generate income, to make it for me. And now I have children behind me. It didn't exactly work out the way that I thought it would, but you know what I tell myself every day? I'm free. I never have to worry about going home and worrying about someone beating me up. I never have to worry about going shopping and hiding my shopping bags in the trunk of my car. I never have to worry about if I want to go somewhere, do I have to explain anything? I'm so free nowadays that most of the time I don't go anywhere. I used to... When I was living under the oppressive system, I, I wanted, I used to tell myself I would go anywhere I wanted to go. Now that I'm free, shoot. I just sit down and chill most of the time. Don't want to be bothered. Don't want to go anywhere. I'm comfortable in my own skin and in my own space. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm free. But at the time, 
when I was under the oppressive system, I let myself be chained to thinking that this was the only way of life. And so I let it bother me. For years, I let it bother me. I used to wonder, what did I give up? And to be honest with you, the circumstances around me weren't always financially stable. There was a fight every day, a fight financially. It, there, was no, there hasn't been in, in financial stability. But you know what? I'm free. Freedom has a cost. The cost of me being free is giving up financial certainty and having to wait till it works out in my favor financially. So I'm saying to you today, your freedom that you desire comes at a cost. It's going to cost you something. It's never free. It cost me something. It cost me broken heart. It cost me oppression. It cost me unchaining my mind to how people thought that I should be even members of my own family. Everybody had a solution, but none of the solutions worked for me because everybody now suddenly found themselves in a position where they could judge, and judge they did. And did they pass comments? It was my fault. I gave them a platform and an access into my life until I learned to rob people of being able to speak into my life to say things that they had no correlation to, that they really had nothing to say because they were not walking through my life and the ambush that surrounded me. Do you hear what I'm saying? Some of you have given people too much power in your life. You are letting people determine the boundaries of your freedom. Let freedom ring. Be free. You are letting them determine and dictate how free you are going to be. You've got to rise up and say, this is it. I've stopped. Whether it's a friend, whether it's a family member, whoever it is, don't let them chain you and dictate to you the boundaries of your freedom. Yeah, I'm going to help you, but the only way I'm going to help you is if you do this. What's the next thing they're going to say? All they're doing is hurting you. All they're doing is robbing you of your power, your self-proclaimed power that Jesus already gave up his life for. Tomorrow is another day. We're celebrating a man who was shot because he determined that his people needed to be free. And he knew he was going to be killed. He knew that what he had to say, they were going to kill him. And he asked the people around him, make sure you take care of my family because they're going to kill me for saying what I have to say. But I am called to this. I must say it. You got to ask yourself, what are you called to? What is it that you got to do that is going to cost you something? I'm telling you today that this voice, this person you are hearing, what you're hearing me say, if you hear a ring of passion in it, you may not be able to identify with it because so far maybe you have never had an intersection with your freedom and your humanity. But what you're hearing in my voice is the certainty that if you follow that voice within that tells you, let freedom ring, I have come to set the oppressed free, follow that voice. It will take you on a journey. The journey is going to have highs and lows. The journey is going to have victories. The journey is going to have valleys, but it's also going to have mountains. The mountains might be few and far between. Some days you'll feel like you're going around and around the mountain. That's because you have to learn the lessons that is going to emancipate yourself. There's a man's music that I like to listen to every now and then. It's Bob Marley. He wrote the song almost 30 years ago, and he said, emancipate yourself from mental slavery. Some of us need to rise up and emancipate ourselves from mental slavery, the slavery of our thoughts, the slavery of our belief system, that I have to have a paycheck every two weeks. It costs you something. It's killing you. You're going to the doctor. You know there's a cancer that is developing in you. Sometimes the cancer is not physical. It's a cancer in your mind and your spirit. And you tell yourself, I have to do this to send these kids to college. And by the time the kids have graduated and gone to college, you find that you don't have anything else left in you. You can't even live. You don't have any hope because that cancer came and robbed you of your freedom. Come on, people. Make a decision today. The minute you hear this message, you know that the time has come for you to make a decision. Are you going to be free or not? So I got my call to freedom. What do you think I did? Like everybody else, I ran from it. Because suddenly I started thinking, the minute you make this phone call right now, I sat in the kitchen of that house. On that Sunday, it was a Sunday morning. Would you believe it? No, you understand why Sundays are important to me. It was a Sunday morning. And I recognized that I could not sit in this abuse anymore. 
I recognized that it was costing my children the uncertainty, and it was killing me. He was either going to kill me physically, but he, was, he had already killed me emotionally and mentally because I had already changed myself that this way of life was the only way that I could live. And because I had changed myself, he had already robbed me of the freedom because I was the oppressed. I had heard the scripture, but I thought that scripture did not apply to me. I had heard the words of Jesus, but I thought there was no way this applied to me. How am I going to live? And I, as I sat there that Sunday, I knew the minute I picked up this phone to make this phone call, it was going to set in place a change of events, and my life would never be the same. I knew that I would have to give up the comfort of living with a three-car garage behind a gay community, with a swimming pool out back. I knew that I was not going to have the certainty of having every bill paid. But what was the cost of having every bill paid? I was beaten within an inch of my life. I was denigrated. I was demeaned. I had no self-esteem. I was beaten down. Anything could have happened in an environment like that. Even your children become enslaved. I kept remembering a conversation that I had had with my mother in which she said, are you going to let your children grow up like that? Or are you going to be free? I, she told me, quite frankly, she said, I don't have a big house. It's not as big as yours. My house is smaller, but you'll be free and you'll be happy. Did you hear me? She said, you're going to be happy and you're going to be free. What is the choice that you have to make today? You have a choice to make. And what is that choice? What is that choice? It's a, far, it's, it's, it's a rallying cry. It's telling you very clearly what you need to do. Are you going to listen to it? Or are you going to allow, like I did, the thought to permeate my consciousness that I cannot be free? I sat there and contemplated, do or not. I mentally ran the, I even grabbed pen and paper. Because you know in the kitchen, right at the little management desk you have in the kitchen, you have the phone. Back then we used to have a fax machine and a laptop, right? And you had everything right there. I had a computer right there. I had the phone, and I had my notepad, and I started to write on pros and cons, what is my freedom going to cost? And I remember the scripture, I have come to set the oppressed free. I had to underline oppressed. I am oppressed. I had to accept that I was oppressed. I couldn't think. I couldn't go freely. But you know what got to me the most, people? I could not think. The minute that I sat down and started to think clearly, somebody else, would he would stir up something, would start the yelling and the screaming that intimidated me into saying, please stop. Please don't yell. You're hurting the children. I'd never say, you're hurting me. Why didn't I speak up for myself? It was always, you're hurting the children. Why didn't I speak up and say, stop it because you're hurting me? Stop this because I was afraid. You see what intimidation does? It's just like that boss you have at work. If you speak up, you're afraid you're going to lose the job. You think it's just the money and the job you're worried about because you recognize that you could make money any other way. You know what you really are worried about? What would people think? The friends whom you have because of the job, the community that you live in, the block you live in, the subdivision, all of that would be obliterated and disappeared if you speak up. So you're not going to speak up. You're not going to hear the free rallying cry of freedom. That was me. I recognized that that way of life would be gone. I wouldn't be part of the group anymore. I wouldn't live in the same neighborhood with them. I would live in a whole different part of town. But what I did not understand is how valuable freedom was. You know, freedom almost cost me my life. Freedom is not free. Your freedom is not free. The people in the story I'm telling you about, Jesus Christ, he died. So you can have freedom. Martin Luther King, whose day we celebrate tomorrow, he also died. I am still alive today by the grace of God. I chose to believe that I could be free. What choice will you make? There is a choice to make. You've got to be free. You have to start thinking about, ladies and gentlemen, it's not enough to live under the oppressive rules. 
It's not enough. You have to think freely. When you start thinking freely, it galvanizes you into action. You mobilize. And you start thinking of ways to extricate yourself from under that freedom. you got to understand that oppression makes you lazy. Oppression makes you sit down and accept the status quo. And others, you will even find that even people around you will say, well, what's wrong with that? Do you know how many women around me told me, well, it's marriage, and that's what marriage is about. You have to live with it. Just put up with it and ignore it. They even would come and put me in a bath of water to soak off the bruises. I kid you not, there are some memories that are real painful. They would put hot water and cold. I remember there was one woman in particular. She was the one who said, don't let anybody ever do this to you again. Leave this man and leave this place. She said, leave him alone. You do not deserve this. That was the one whom he hated. But there were others. Who, what did they do? They rubbed salve over the wound. Did the wound heal? No. The wound was raw and stayed raw for years. Because it was up to me to make the choice. Freedom is a choice. You make the choice by determining, is this what I want to do? You make the choice by choosing to be free. Freedom is a choice. Freedom is not lazy. Freedom is not procrastinating. I'm putting it off. I'm putting it off. Well, tomorrow I'll think about it. They were, you think my ex-husband was a bad guy every day? He knew how to manipulate me. Some days he was the nicest person. Some days he treated me like a queen. But I had to remember that he has a pattern. That whenever he does that, he's going to come and kill me the next day. All of that was designed to control and manipulate me into staying his slave forever. Because that's what happens. When you don't choose freedom, you are a slave. You become a slave. Many of us have become slaves. We tell ourselves, no matter what I do, it's not going to change. So you sit under an oppressive government. You have the choice to go vote them out. You have the choice to go mobilize. You have the choice to go down to the community center. You have the choice today to put the gun down. You have the choice today to put the needle down. You have the choice today to put the pill down. You have the choice to put that bottle down and pour it out. But you won't because you still tell yourself, I'm going to need this someday. Many of us stay with people and stay in connections because we tell ourselves, I want to leave a door open because I might need them someday. Some of these people are rulers over your life. You have given them a position of rulership. They control your thoughts. They control your behavior. They control how you think. How are you going to rid yourself and be free if you continue to let others dominate your thinking? Many of us have given up on freedom. We don't want to pay the cost. Because we tell ourselves, I might as well just sit here and wait for... Some of you are in relationships and marriages. And you tell yourself, let me just wait 10 years. I tell you the story about a woman I know. She was dating a man. She lived with him. Up to the exclusion of everybody else. We all told her it was never going to work. He was never going to be a good person. Leave that alone. 12 years before he married her. 12 years. They got married. But he ended up killing her from lung cancer because he smoked. He beat her up. And when he, didn't be, when he couldn't physically beat her up anymore, he womanized, brought in his women even on her in their house. I kid you not. Up to the day she was dying, she was laid out on a hospital bed in her living room and laid out. And she could hear the phone ring and she couldn't talk. But she could hear the phone ring. His girlfriend was calling him three days before she died. Are you hearing me? Because she had chained herself to thinking that this was the only man I would ever love. This was the only man who loved me. This was the only way that I could live. And it killed her. Don't let that happen to you. That woman was my mother. Despite the evidence that there was a better life, despite the fact that she could have made a different choice, she chose not to. It eventually killed her. Wherever she is in the universe today, if she's in heaven, I know she would want you to say, get up and get out of this. Get out from under this. That was the same woman who told me to get out of abuse. Why? Because she had seen what it had done to her life. She wanted me to live free. So my cost of freedom was leaving everything behind, packing up everything in a U-Haul truck, 
that I could get to because they did take some stuff, right? And determining it didn't matter. That none of the material stuff mattered. All the China with a number on it. You know the real China? All the crystal and the rugs. Yeah, the oriental rugs. That got to me. I lost some jewelry along the way. It didn't matter. Lost the house and the way of life that went with the house. Did that matter? Packed it all up in a U-Haul truck. Took I-75 all the way from Florida, from Orlando, Florida, all the way to Detroit, Michigan. Come to live in a 900-square-foot house with my mother and my two children. That was my cost for freedom. I looked over my shoulders for months until it finally hit me that I was free. And there began the process of disassembling all the thoughts that led me up to stay with someone who beat me up physically. I'm not talking about people just, uh, I'm talking about people whipping you and kicking you. Are you hearing me? I am free from the chains that bound me to physical and emotional abuse. That was my choice. That was my cost. What is yours going to be? Are you going to sit there and let them dictate to you how you live your life? Or are you going to mobilize and galvanize and find your path to freedom? There is a path, but you have to start thinking it. And the Lord God of the universe, who declared 2,020 years ago that if you set your mind on things above, and if you believe that he has come to set the oppressed free, he's going to show you the path to freedom. My path to freedom might be different from yours. Mine was I-75 from uh, Florida to Detroit. (laughs) Right? I'm just saying. Littered with all kinds of stuff along the way and making pit stops along the way. That was my path to freedom. Martin Luther King was driving all over the South, bringing messages to the people who were oppressed on the Jim Crow laws that robbed them of their freedom even to think. They couldn't even see themselves as free, despite slavery being abolished. Jim Crow laws reigned. And he drove all over the South to tell people how free they were. He went to the North to galvanize, to mobilize, to get a group of people to see his vision. He paid for it. He died in 1968, a young man. What are you going to do? Are you going to die prematurely? Or are you going to live in freedom? I determined, I was 37. I determined that I was going to live in freedom. I determined that for the rest of my life, if I have to, I am going to live in freedom, nobody's going to dictate the boundaries of my existence or tell me that I can't. Nobody's going to tell me what I should or shouldn't do. I am free. Don't call me with your oppressive way of thought. I am free. Don't try to dictate to me the boundaries of my existence. Who created me? Did you make me? Do you know my downsetting and my uprising? Don't. Let anybody rob you of your freedom. Your freedom is your mind, the way you think. Unchain yourself. Come on, somebody. Unchain yourself. Come on, say this. Today is my day to be free. Today is my day when I let freedom ring. Say it. Today is my day when I set myself free from negative thoughts, from thoughts of suicide, from thoughts of depression, from thoughts of dependence on a bottle from thoughts of dependence on a pill, from thoughts of dependence on a line of coke, from thoughts of dependence on a drag, on a blunt. Today is my day when I set myself free from wanting to have sex with people who hurt me, people who destroy me, people who bring disease to you. Come on, set yourselves free. Set yourselves free. Set yourselves free. It's your choice. Now you know what freedom costs. It's a personal choice. It's personal. You need a liberator? They already came. Every liberator, they already lived and died. You are your liberator. Set yourself free. Here comes this voice 
raised up in this generation to tell the people, mine and others, to tell you to live to be free. Anybody who has ever lived and who tells you to be free, listen, because they have paid the price. They know there is a cost. Amen? Amen. Luke 4 and 18. So do me a favor. As of this day, tell yourself, I no longer have to live under an oppressive system. I no longer have to be chained to a bottle. Come on. Say this to yourself. I want you to say, I, I, Harriet, I'm not chained to a bottle. I, Harriet, I'm not chained to a line of coke. I, Harriet, say, come on, put your name in there. I am not chained to having sex with multiple people. Set yourselves free. Let your minds be free. You don't need that to be gratified. You don't need a line of coke. You don't need a blunt. You don't need to take crack. You don't need to take molly. You don't need a drink of molly. You don't need some other pills. No, you don't need it to be high. You need a high on life. You can go jump up and down for 20 minutes and just do some jumping jacks and it releases endorphins that make you happy and make you feel free. You don't need that. Come on. If you're in prison, you don't need to sit there and some man say, I'll protect you, but you have to bow down before me and take my genitals into your mouth or bow down and bend over and that's how you get free. You don't have to. Be free. Be free. Today, this is the message. Let freedom ring. My name is Harriet Kamek. This has been Down to Earth. I want to thank you so much for your participation in my podcast today. Thank you for your support. Hope this message has been a blessing to you. If it has, please go to my website, theexodusfoundation.com. Leave us an offering. Come on. Go to my page on Anchor FM. I thank you for your support in advance. It says support this podcast. Support this podcast by becoming a subscriber. I appreciate the help. And for those of you who continue to listen to us from around the world, I just want to say thank you. I see where you're coming from. I see it all. For all you folks from around the world, thank you, thank you, thank you for choosing my voice to be the voice that speaks into your life. And for those of you who are local, hey, Fort Huron, hey, say hey, hey, good old Michigan, <laughs> right? Pray for us as we go through the next few days. It's kind of icy out there, so you know how that is. So pray for us. Thank you so much, everybody. Football is over, but it's going to be the Super Bowl in a few weeks. I pray that the Patriots do not go to the Super Bowl. I swear to you, if they go, I don't know. I don't know. Football is done for me because I don't see how the Patriots are the champions every year uh, when not when I see real talent that is out there, right? Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great week. Have a positive week. Join me again tomorrow on our daily podcast, Down to Earth with Harriet Kemmerich, as we continue to bring messages of empowerment and to bring you the stories that matter. It's the, yeah, it's the topics that matter. Right? The topics that matter. Thank you so much, everybody. I just want to say thank you. (laughs) And thank you so much for all that you do. And thank you so much, everybody. Be blessed. Hey, you are still here. (laughs) You guys do not quit, do you?